1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. And, Bill, we are here to preview week 12 of the college football season, our final podcast of the week. We will break down the, the viewing windows and prepare people to how to go through your day, what, what games we need to pay attention to, break them down. We will go through our confidence contest, which we've been uh, competing very close all season long. We both had very good weeks last week. That was good to see. I'll give you some trivia, uh, one trivia question. And uh, I think I got you this week, but we'll see. And then uh, we will re- review our picks. And, and then um, I'll give the trivia answer at the end of the show. So, Bill, the rankings are out. We went through the, the rankings uh, yesterday, and not much change, of course, in the top seven. This week, to me, seems all about, uh, other than USC, UCLA, everyone else just has to take care of business.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, TCB, you know, just go out and win. And, you know, there there have been years where this, the, I you know, that you say that, it's funny, because I, I think I mentioned this on podcast last week, that this is one of those weekends where as editors and writers were like, you know, the, the not going to be a lot of drama, but that's the weekend that I always go back to. And it was on this weekend back in 16, we had three top five teams lose. It was, and they were stunners. It was Michigan going to Iowa and losing. And then USC putting one on Washington and then Pitt with Nathan Peterman went out and beat Clemson. And that is their last loss at tiger stadium. So the second you like kind of say that, and then, well, like I said, two of those three teams went to the playoff, but That's where, when I looked at these viewing windows, it's kind of like you autopilot and say, Well, they're going to win. And then you start to think and you're like, Well, maybe that one will get interesting. So, and I'll kind of, as we go through them, I'll be like, This one would stun me the most. So we'll have fun with it today. And thanks as always to our listeners for joining us.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a weekend where you want to keep your eye on Twitter if you're not in front of the TV because an upset alert will have a huge impact, obviously, at this time of the year. Let's start with our Saturday noon viewing window. Uh, We're going to look at Illinois at number three, Michigan, as the best game here in this time slot. It's a noon ABC game. Uh, Michigan enters as an 18-point favorite. A couple weeks ago, this was looking like a, a closer game. Illinois has stumbled a little bit. They've, they enter the game on a two-game losing streak, lost their stranglehold on the SEC West – They are, um, SEC, Big Ten West. They are still alive. Uh, Michigan State pulled the upset on them two weeks ago. Then Purdue became the first team to crack 30 points against this Illinois defense uh, last week when the, the Boilers beat them 31-24. Running back Chase Brown, Illinois' best player, nation's second-leading rusher, is questionable – with a leg injury, that's a big factor. Uh, Illinois has the nation's number three scoring defense, but uh, even that is an advantage because Michigan has the number one scoring defense. Uh, so this will be Michigan's second toughest opponent to date. They took certainly took care of the first one. That was Penn State. Michigan rolled them forty-one to seventeen. Will they treat the Illini the same way?
2: Well, this is one of those games i'm telling you about like you you look at the history of this rivalry at the big house now michigan's won the last five but you know the they illinois is three and six at the big house since 1993 and then if you remember that michigan fans will remember these dates 1993 johnny johnson ripped their heart out uh 1999 Kirk kittner let remember him 21 <laughs> fourth quarter points and uh they came back and won and 2008, it was Juice Williams that set all these records. They've played some bizarre games with Illinois at Michigan Stadium. Now, if Chase Brown is out, I think Michigan Cruz is here. I think they they become the second team to score 30 points on Illinois. And they got some guys that are out. Um, Luke Schoonmaker missed last week. Donovan Edwards' Jim Harbaugh's injury updates are the single worst thing on the planet because he says (laughs) – Oh, he's working through something, you know, or he's got an issue and we'll see. And it's like, it's like the dad telling you, we'll see. And you're like, does that mean? No. Or, you know, I've got to ask another question, but I do think Michigan rules here and Ohio state's not on here, but we talked about the build-up to Michigan, Ohio state. And sometimes it's like, they look at, these two won't look ahead. I think they're both going to drop the hammer this week. And, uh, set that big thing up on November 26th in
1: Columbus. Speaking of wild Illinois-Michigan games, you left out the 67-65 game, triple overtime. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one, I too. Was gonna say, I was going to say, I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. Tate 4 yeah. comes off the bench yeah. for Shoelace Robinson, throws the winning two-point conversion. And that was a wild one, too. Rich it, Rodriguez beat Ron Zook that day. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and, and the year Illinois went to the Rose Bowl, that was not in the big house, but Michigan beat them that year. So they, they have a history of some don't-get-comfortable-till-it's-over type games. But, you know, like I told you yesterday, Michigan beat Nebraska 34-3 to three last week, and um, it was so boring to watch, but it I, <laughs> they won by 31. So I think they're going to do a little bit of that, and Jim Harbaugh doesn't care about his style is his style. It's been like that since Stanford of the 49ers to now, and I think that'll continue.
1: Honorable mention for the noon window, number four, TCU undefeated at Baylor. Noon on Fox. It's the big, uh, big noon game on Fox. TCU, two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Got to make sure TCU keeps winning. That's the drama uh, in this matchup. Baylor has played three ranked-at-the-time opponents – this season, and they're zero and three. They lost to BYU early, Oklahoma State back in October, and then Kansas State last week uh, beat them thirty-one to three. Baylor's four and three in the Big Twelve. TCU's obviously seven and zero, uh, and they beat all three of the Big Twelve teams that beat Baylor. So, I guess yep. my question is, why is it just a two and a half point spread?
2: I thought this was going to be tight last week, and then Baylor got destroyed which was very surprising to me. I I've had a hard time reading them all year and because I like their running game. I like their, their physicality, but they, like you said, in these ranked games, it, it doesn't happen for them. TCU coming off yet another win. Um, by the way, the tweet they sent after the Texas game is an all timer. The, the horns down tweet, uh, you go look at it. it's pinned to that TCU football account. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they've got a strong troll game. They've got a strong team and, um, they they'll remember though. Like I said, sixty-one to fifty-eight in two thousand fourteen kept them out of the playoff. I don't think players on this team are going to be like psychologically affected by that, but but some of the fan base might be. So it, it's a Big Twelve game. You
1: got to take care of business. TCU's been doing that all year, no question. And that's it, I think, for the noon window. We'll go to the Saturday afternoon window next. Number one, Georgia at Kentucky. 330 CBS game, Georgia, 22.5-point favorite. Again, we're previewing this game. You just got to make sure Georgia keeps winning, right? They want to hold on to that number one spot, entering the SEC championship game. Kentucky's coming off an ugly loss to Vanderbilt, which the Wildcats were held at 322 total yards, could not make the winning plays in the fourth quarter against a team that uh, had lost 26 straight SEC games. Will Levis, quarterback, Last three games, he's averaging thirteen for twenty three for one hundred and twenty six yards. He has four touchdowns, three interceptions, and has taken fourteen sacks. I remember I'm old enough to remember when he was a surefire first round draft pick. Um, it's not feeling like it right now. What do you think? Did you tear down a goalpost in your backyard <laughs> when
2: when Vanderbilt won? <sighs> i may I,
1: I i may have let out a, a touchdown screen when will Shepard yeah, scored with the minute to go there
2: you go it's fair <laughs>
1: um
2: i you know this is a weird one too because georgia 6-0 with kirby smart in this game uh against kentucky i went down i think it was I will say 17 18 i went down to that game and kentucky it was an all-in game for them at, at kroger field and it was tight for a half, and then Georgia did what they normally do. They just ran them over with their depth. And here's an interesting stat about Georgia. I looked this up today. They have nine different guys with two y- 200 or more yards from scrimmage. So it's not like they don't have a stud, <laughs> right? but they have so many guys that they can get the ball to. For, for perspective, Ohio State has seven with all those first-round picks. So they have seven guys with 200 yards from scrimmage. Georgia has more and it's the tight ends. It's Lad. last week. It was lad McConkey making huge plays. They've got two good running backs. They have so much stuff. They have like all this stuff and there's not, there's a better word for it. I'm sure. But I think they use all that. And the Kentucky games haven't been blowouts though. I mean, they've, they've won those six games by an average about 16 points per game. Um, And Kentucky plays a style that matches up with Georgia. Well, to a certain extent, but they, you said it, they need will Levis to be better. To even have a chance, they probably need some weather. I don't know what it's going to be down in Lexington this weekend.
1: Not great. Not great.
2: Doesn't matter to Georgia, though, I don't think. I think they use all those things, and minus a snowstorm or something. That's up in Cleveland this weekend. I don't think it'll work all the way down there. Uh, they, I think Georgia takes care of business, makes it 11-0. and 0.
1: Yeah, the last six visits to Lexington, they've won all six, but only once by more than 22. Uh, right, the 22-and-a-half-point fa- uh, line. So something to think about if you are putting in a wager on that one. Saturday night, game of the weekend. We've talked about it all week a few times. Number seven, USC at number 16, UCLA. Eight o'clock, Fox in the Rose Bowl. USC is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, been waiting for this one for a while. Little shine came off when UCLA lost to Arizona. 34-28 last week. Game came down in the final play. Uh, that's the second loss for the Bruins. Arizona just made a few more plays than UCLA late, and uh, the game was very even. Arizona pulled it out. Uh, Jason DeLore was great. Uh, USC sits at 9-1 and one and has the best shot at the college football playoff, uh, but they're, like we've talked about, their wins in the Pac-12. They have beat up on the lower half of the league, and now it's time to, to challenge themselves and take on the, the upper half uh, starting with UCLA, and then uh, if they make it, the, the Pac-12 champion, which looks like either Oregon or Utah. Um, you know, it's it's time to prove it. Uh, the loss of Travis Dye, you've mentioned it yesterday's. So, you know, it's going to be a real thing. He's, a, he's on pace for 1,000 yards. He also had 20 catches out of the backfield. Um, just – it's going to be fun. Great uniform game. You previewed it on sportingnews.com. What do you see at the Rose Bowl Saturday night?
2: Well, first of all – If they wear their maroon and UCLA wears their light blue, it's the best uniform game, period. And my buddies and I were talking about this this week. So, like, the only ones that we thought of that were close – and it it has to be specific, Bill. So, we're talking, like, Michigan-Ohio State is best when it's Michigan in the blue, Ohio State in the white. And then the only other one we were saying is, like, this one is close is – Florida State in the maroon, Miami in the white. Those were our three favorites. And I like Notre Dame and USC when they play too, but this one's beautiful. Like if you're a photographer at the Rose Bowl with those two uniforms, you just have to press click because everything's going to look good. Yeah, Um,
1: I think they went to the both teams in the color in 2013 and have kept it. uh, They revived that tradition. Uh, It's incredible. the, The first year they revived it, it was still a penalty. On both teams and so they the coaches agreed to just take or decline a 15-yard yeah. penalty to start the game or something like that and then they just wiped out that rule because it's they realized amazing. it was yeah. cool yeah exactly Yeah,
2: and and this will be a cool game because it is the best game of the day it's got a lot at stake for both teams i looked back you know you see like crushed these guys last year and they did it with the same two guys in the backfield dorian mm-hmm. thompson robinson zach charbonnet they averaged 240 rushing yards per game sometimes I watch UCLA like last week and you watch them for a couple series. You're like, man, these guys are really good. And then they just, they're so inconsistent at times. And Arizona took advantage of that. Mm Jaden Delora was amazing. Bad news for them. Caleb Williams is a lot better than Jaden Delora and they're healthier at receiver. Austin Jones is the name to watch. Relique Brown. These are the guys stepping in. They are the most important players for me in this game because they're stepping in for Travis Dye, and they've mm-hmm. got to match what UCLA does on the ground. Um, fun showcase game. I'm I'm excited to sit and watch it. They, there haven't been a lot of opportunities where both teams have been ranked, so I think that amps it up. And in the future, this will be one heck of a Big Ten West showdown. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that as well.
1: <laughs> Didn't think about that. Honorable mention, uh, it's actually after the game. It's at 10:30 kickoff. Number 10 Utah at number 12 Oregon, the other half of the Pac-12 blockbuster, the Pac-12 doubleheader. Oregon is a three-point favorite. These two met late last season in the regular season and again in the Pac-12 championship game, and Utah slammed Oregon, 38-7 and 38-10. Neither game was at Otson Stadium, however, and Bo Nix and Coach Dan Lanning. We're also not a part of those beatdowns. Lanning did not give an injury update on Bo Nix this week yet, but he did confirm Nix was cleared by the medical staff to return before that fourth down play, that critical fourth down play that ultimately led to Washington's field goal and and victory uh, in regulation. I saw the press conference this week. Lanning said he regretted not calling timeout, not necessarily to get Bo Nix back in the game, but, he didn't like the look Washington presented and he felt like the play wasn't going to work. And he was just too late to call the timeout. So he kind of admitted a first year coach mistake, right? He saw something he didn't like, and he wasn't quick enough to call the timeout uh, to get him, get his team out of that play. And it ended up costing him, costing him the win. Uh, Utah has won four straight since it's 10 point loss to UCLA. And that includes a win over USC both teams are 6-1. and one. The winner will be in great shape to get to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, should the oddsmakers be paying more attention to the two games last year where Utah just ran over them?
2: I know. That's it's something interesting there. But I think they're looking at Utah on the road this year, which hasn't been pretty. They're 2-2 uh, two and two straight up with the Florida loss. I remember watching the UCLA game. They were out of sorts defensively most of that game. Oregon has a very similar attack that's fast, that'll run, that'll – you know, Bo Nix makes plays out of it. Uh, you know, for the spread, they're one and three against the spread on the road. Both of these teams, again, kind of the same thing I said about UCLA and USC. I did. I always look at the ground. Both teams rush for more than 200, 200 yards each, and uh, I just think it's it probably be a little bit easier for Oregon to get it going at home. So, I, I I like the Ducks. I think it's going to be a great game. You guys stay up late and watch it. We do that. You and I do that every week. We watch the. Big time Pac 12. So, you and I probably watch more Pac 12 than a lot of people because we're up waiting for that to update some of our articles. And it's
1: been great. They've had it's a fun. great season. It's fun.
2: It's more fun than sitting there, I'm telling you, watching Illinois and Purdue. No offense to those two, but that
1: was a snoozer. Right. Um, no, but just like over the last five years, the Pac 12 has not had good teams, good players, like as much, you know, they haven't made the playoff or anything. Like this year, there's depth. There's Heisman guys. There's great quarterbacks. It's it's been really fun.
2: Yeah, and and you know we'll we'll see what happens. And this was like you said, these are two they're familiar with each other. I think Oregon remembers what happens last last year games. They've really been the two best Pac twelve programs for the last three to four years. So I, I think they'll be it'll be a fun game. That'll be a high level football game. That'll be a lot of fun to close out week. 12 and get us set us
1: up right into rivalry week Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right confidence contest update we both were excellent last week and the race remains super super tight i went three oh and one pushing the lsu arkansas game and i got wins out of ucf as my four pointer ohio state as my two pointer and duke as my one pointer reminding listeners we do our Four against the spread picks. Bill and I pick any four games we want, and we order them in, in, uh, in the order of confidence four points, three points, two points, one point, like a bowl confidence pool. Uh, you pushed LSU at, at your two pointer. You missed Notre Dame, even though halftime that one looked very safe. That Navy was awful. Came charging through the back door and uh, really <laughs> never led ND close to covering the spread late in the fourth quarter there. You did get TCU. Over Texas, you did get North Carolina. Over Wake Forest, the traps that we talked about weren't traps after all for once. Vegas didn't trap everybody. Uh, total for the week, I had eight and a half points. You had eight points. Season scoreboard, Trochi, 55. Bender, 53. It's tight. Goodness. Here we go. But first, trivia question. Here it is. It's right here, Bill. All right. You ready? Yep. USC-UCLA theme. Here we go. First time since 2014. Like you mentioned, both teams are ranked at the time of the matchup. 2014, UCLA beat USC 38-20. to Can you name the quarterbacks in that matchup? I'll give you a hint if you need one. I'll give you a hint. I might. Each quarterback – Made the NFL and made a minimum of at least five starts in the NFL. Okay. There's your hint. Think about that while we are picking. I won the week. I will kick us off with my four point prediction. This week, I'm going with TCU minus two and a half at Baylor. They are eight, one, and one against the spread this year. Vegas will not respect the Frogs. We talked about this earlier. TCU beat three Big 12 teams that beat Baylor. (laughs) They've won coming from behind. They've won maintaining the lead. They've won with offense. They've won with defense. And last note, they have not lost. Let's remember that. Two and a half points against Baylor. I'll take that.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: So that just washed that out. I, oh, I your did, number, uh, you,
1: that's your four.
2: Yeah. Four minus okay. Yeah, same spread. <laughs> just canceled that out. I am tempted to like switch it just to create some drama. I, and that's the exact same note I had. I looked on a, they have the best record against the spread of any team in the country. Yep. So, I mean, I'm just going to keep riding it right. Like eight, one and one against the spread. Um, they're daring you to take it, which now that we both have that much confidence in it, it makes me a little bit more nervous. <laughs> um, you know, so no so way we'll, we're on a
1: roll. We're yeah, on a roll, exactly. Bill.
2: Exactly. So um yeah, it, i I'm gonna take
1: the same four TCU. All right. Three points. I'm going North Carolina, minus twenty-one at home against Georgia Tech. I've taken North Carolina a lot this year, and I'm taking them again. Georgia Tech lost Jeff Sims at quarterback to injury, and backup Zach Gibson came in earlier this year, did not look ready to play, right? So then Tech went with freshman Zach Pyron for a few games. He looked capable, uh, but he broke his collarbone last week against Miami. Jackets now have to go back to Pyron. That is not good. Uh, Even against this UNC defense, I don't see the Jackets scoring 17 points. With this quarterback and the the offense, the offensive line has not been good this year. You think Drake May can get to 38? I do, easily. So I'll take uh, UNC to cover the 21.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. I got uh, West Virginia and Kansas State play this week, and West Virginia is a seven-and-a-half-point dog, and I'm going to take the Mountaineers at home. Mm. Kansas State has not been good on the road. They've lost their last three trips to Morgantown. Weather could be a factor, and uh, West Virginia has been better at home. Like, I feel like JT Daniels got one more in him. We talked about Neil Brown's hot seat last week, and what they do, they beat Oklahoma. Um, I think they keep riding that. And uh, not not an upset pick. I still think Kansas State's going to pull this one out with that running game. But, I mean, even West Virginia played TCU tough at home. So I'm going to rely on a little Morgantown home, kick, home cooking and uh, get the three out of the Mountaineers.
1: I'm curious over the years what West Virginia's record is against the spread in the Big 12 games at home. It's such a weird trip for all those mm-hmm. Big 12 schools. I just feel like they're sort of out of sorts. I don't know. I'm guessing – it's probably factored into the spread, but I'm guessing West Virginia covers more often than they don't uh, in, in league home games. My two-pointer, Utah plus three at Oregon. I'm not not basing this as much on last year's two blowouts as I am. I think Oregon's going to just be deflated after the loss to Washington, and I don't think Bo Nix is going to be 100%. I think he'll play, but I don't, I don't know that he'll be 100%. We'll see. Uh, Utah's on a four game winning streak and has the league's number one defense. The QB advantage goes to Oregon if Knicks is healthy for sure. But you know, Cam Rising has been in a lot of big games. Uh, he has 19 TDs, only four picks. He's good enough to win this game, so I'll take Utah plus points.
2: I got Michigan 17 and a half over Illinois, Mm. they're five and two in this against the spread. It could be boring. But if chase Brown's limited, right. I think that pass rush just gets after DeVito. I think they pour it on in the second half. If they get Schoonmaker back, I also think they're going to throw it around a little bit more with JJ McCarthy in this game as a kind of, they want to say a game against Illinois is a scrimmage because it's not. And there's always a danger in losing the game, but I think they're going to give Ohio state a couple things to think about on film. So they may pull out a couple quirky things and, uh, I like the Wolverines big and I think, you know, I was debating whether I was going to do this with them or the Buckeyes who are 27 and a half at Maryland. I also like them. Like I would take both. I think I'm of the opinion that they both just, just hammer their opponents and they get this thing set up for what's going to be a very testy Thanksgiving week in both places.
1: I mean, Illinois' defense has just been dragging that team along and dragging that team along. They may be worn down at this point uh, of the year. So uh, we'll see what happens there. One pointer for me, Georgia, minus 22.5 at Kentucky. Like like I said, I watched Kentucky last week coming off that uh, loss to Vanderbilt and quarterback Will Levis not playing well. He actually complained after the game. Uh, publicly about this lack of intensity with his teammates. There was some bad body language out there. Uh, and if things go south uh, early against Georgia, they could really go south. Uh, you know, Georgia's knows it's its final road game of the season. They've got nothing but home and, and neutral games left after this. I think they put it together, and I think they they run it up on, on uh, Kentucky and cover the 22-and-a-half.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's good. And I've got – my one will be USC two and a half. I think they, they continue to force the issue. I think Lincoln Riley knows this is his first, you know, not his first one, but a game that I think more people are going to watch because it's on ABC, kind of what they did with Stanford. I think the offense comes out if they get Jordan Addison off a limited snap count. Those running backs step up. It's a back and forth game. I think it's going to be worth the price of admission, but if you're going to take USC to win, you might as well take them to win by a field goal i like the trojans and uh that'll close out my picks for the week
1: bill i'm gonna be nice to you bet mgm which is the 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 line we usually use at sportingnews.com minus one and a half so they've moved it down
2: even more like it's it was three to start wasn't it
1: uh, two and a half to start according to what it's down
2: to one and a half
1: now i'll take one and a half just on bet mgm actually everybody else is mostly two and a half so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm giving you one i'm giving you one point
2: yeah, because now if they go to favorite. overtime, if they get to the triple overtime, like then that's I'm, right.
1: You're all set. So all to review the picks.
2: The so I'll, I'll definitely take that journey.
1: Okay. I, I take TCU minus two and a half UNC minus 21, Utah plus three and Georgia minus 22 and a half. You also have TCU at, uh, minus two and a half over Baylor at the four pointer. Then you're going West Virginia plus seven and a half, Michigan minus 17 and a half, and USC minus one and a half. We'll see if we can do as well as we did last week. All right. Do you have an answer, Bill? Let me ask the question again. First time since 2014, USC and UCLA are both ranked at the time of the game. In 2014, UCLA beat USC 38 to 20 name the starting qbs in that game they both went on the nfl and they both started at least five games as nfl quarterbacks
2: that's the part throwing me off i should remember this i'm gonna is it for usc is it matt barkley or am i too late it is not
1: matt barkley
2: okay well then I'm, i'm not gonna get either one of them now um I, I'm totally drawing a blank on UCLA. So I'm going to be. I'm well, gonna I'll give, give you.
1: A, I'll give you an even bigger hint for UCLA since you already kind of struck out here. Right. You, this quarterback started many games for your favorite team.
2: No, that was a Brett Hundley game then. So I got that part right. Brett now, Hundley, UCLA. Brett Hundley. That makes, that makes sense. Um, who was the USC quarterback?
1: Cody Kessler.
2: Oh, my gosh who uh, he he scored about
1: seven or eight games, I think for the Browns or something like that. He did.
2: I can't believe that was that. Like I would have thought that was, those two were like 2016 ish. So I was like, my timeline was off a little bit on Barkley, but wow. So yeah, I do remember the Brett Hundley year with green Bay, but, and Cody, I remember Cody Kessler being a guy that Browns fans were like, Hey man, he, he, you should get some run. And that's why they're still figuring out their quarterback since 1998. (laughs)
1: So good question, you go. man. You got me. I nice. was going to say, fair question. Great, one. but 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 good I one. did but I did get you on that one. So uh, very good. All right. Well, that's it for the show. That's it for the week. As we head into the weekend, week twelve, we're getting down the home stretch. Can't wait. And then uh, on deck will be rivalry week, which will be super fun as usual. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to uh, CFB Nation All America Podcast. Enjoy the weekend, and we will see you next week.